My heart and tongue are fighting. My mind is undecided. It's not like Trump and Biden. It's more like something private. Like when your cousin's fighting. One of them get excited. You can't just jump the gun and pick a side and jump inside it. Remember Punch's pilot hung a god and Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It would definitely mean a lot. If you're not on the YouTube channel, come over so you can see the visuals, get the full experience, man. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers by my birthday, which is July. So definitely, you subscribing, even if you don't listen or watch, you subscribing would definitely mean a lot to me. But here's where we'll start. Sometimes you have to recognize when you're watching something that we'll never see again. You know, I saw I talked about West, Russell Westbrook last episode being on the verge of breaking Oscar Robinson's record of most triple doubles ever. And first, let me say congratulations to Russell Westbrook because the other night he broke Russell, I mean Oscar Robinson's record. And now he is the all-time leader in triple doubles with 182. You know, it's it's when you look at Oscar Robinson compared to Westbrook. Hell, do you look at the NBA in general? This is why I love the NBA so much. Is because you look at different players, and and you can come from different different ways of life. You can you can have you can be different shapes, different sizes. You can be six three. You can be seven seven four. Like. You can the game can be dominated in so many different ways. Like if you look at Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook dominates with emotion. Dom, you know, and and even though he's six three, he gives you energy. And Nick Wright said it best. Nick Wright said, "You don't know when you're looking at watching Westbrook play. He can be playing in game twenty five in the NBA regular season, or he can be playing in game seven of an NBA Finals, and he you'll never know because his energy stays the same. But you look at someone like it's like you look at someone like Westbrook. Oh, let me turn. <laughs> you look at someone like Westbrook. Westbrook dominates the game differently than Steph Curry, but they both dominate the game. You look at you look at Russell Westbrook. He dominates the game different than a than a Damian Lillard, but he dominates the game. You look at Russell Westbrook. He dominates the game differently than a, a LeBron James or a or a Kevin Durant. But they dominate the game. That's why basketball is so beautiful, man. You can you can approach the game in so many different ways, yet and still have the same impact and effect. But I I want to congratulate Russell Westbrook, and 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 I think you know a lot again a lot of a lot of a lot of people want to want to anytime somebody accomplishes something or anytime something is a, a feat is broken. People, oh, a lot of people want to, oh, but what about the rings or, you know, he played with Steph, I mean, uh, he played with James Harden and KD and he couldn't win a ring or this, that, and the third. I'm not here to do that. Russell Westbrook will go down in history as one of, as one of the most unique players we've ever seen. One of the best players we've ever seen. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I mean, again, you go from, you go from. Nobody, nobody, not even Jason Kidd, who we know is is a person that regularly got triple doubles. Um, Magic Johnson, uh, uh, LeBron James. Nobody thought that Oscar Robinson's 181 triple double record could ever be broken. 
Hell, as a fan watching basketball, I didn't. I mean, if it, if it was going to be broken, I didn't think it was going to be broken by a guard, a guard that's six three. I'm six two, so a person that's one inch taller than me broke a forty seven year record. That's incredible. That's incredible. And again, man, I, I might do it on another episode, but. Where does Russell Westbrook rank as as far as as history? I I don't know. I haven't done my research with that yet, but I do know that. And I said it last episode. Russell Westbrook is unlike anybody we've ever seen. Russell Westbrook, again, he's he's the type of player. You know what it is when we talk about one 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 reason why. Let's let me let me. I guess I'll pick on a player. Let's talk about Andrew Wiggins right quick. The reason why we fans get upset with Andrew Wiggins because we know that he has the talent. We know that he has the physical attributes. We know that he has the, the, um, he has the ability to be great. Andrew Wiggins has this, the, the body type, like Andrew Wiggins. If you look at Andrew Wiggins, you know, that's a Hooper. Like that's a dude that plays basketball. And the thing that we get upset with Andrew Wiggins about so much is his motor. It's like, does he want it? You know, does is 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 Andrew Wiggins the type of person that um, you know, wants to be great? Uh, that's the same. That's the same. Um, that's the same criticism that Kevin Knox is receiving right now. Out of I totally forgot about Kevin Knox until an article came out saying that you know Tom Thibodeau, the the coach for the Knicks, was saying was saying that you know and he, his he doesn't like his motor and stuff like that. But needless to say. When we talk about Westbrook, you don't have to worry about that because Westbrook goes 100% all the time. You know what? It's funny. Let's talk about that game real quick. The game that he broke, they were playing the Hawks. Bradley Bill was out. Uh, Russell Westbrook got the triple-double, of course. But we saw we saw Russell Westbrook. We saw the totality of Russell Westbrook in two plays. Of course, the play with the you know, getting the rebound, that's the play that got him the triple-double, of course. You know, that's Russell. And then the very last play of the game, five seconds left, you go down the court, and you need one, you need one point to win, and you shoot a three. It's like, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not here to bash Russell Westbrook, but that's, you know, Russell Westbrook, that's Russell Westbrook. He'll, he'll give you a triple-double, but his decision-making isn't, isn't the greatest, but he's still great at what he does. And, and again, man, it, it is funny. You can you can roll back the tape. <laughs> I mean, all my episodes are pretty much archived in YouTube or or wherever you you know whatever DSP you listen to. But I when 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 John Wall got traded for Russell Westbrook, uh, I was one of the people I was upset because you know. I know how much John Wall means to the city. I know how much John Wall means to the Wizards. I mean, it was the Wizards' last number one overall pick uh, since what Kwame, and I, you know, I felt a type of way. But I did say, if Russell Westbrook, I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting someone that has an injury history, and that we don't know he's he hasn't played for like two years, and we're getting someone that. While he does have sort of injury, uh, recent injury history, um, he's a triple-double king. And if we get the best of John Wall and the best of Russell Westbrook, Washington won the trade. Now, John Wall, even though he, his season did end early with an injury, uh, John Wall had a great season with Houston, even though Houston's trash, had a great season with Houston. 
But this is the Russell Westbrook that I expected to see. I didn't know what we were going to get from Russell Westbrook because as everyone has said, it's kind of tough dealing with, not dealing, it's kind of tough learning how to play with Russell Westbrook. And you kind of saw that in the beginning, in the middle of the year, because remember Russell Westbrook didn't really play that much in the beginning due to injury or recovering from injury. But it was tough. It's tough when, you know, you have Bradley Bill, who's known to be ball dominant because he kind of has to be seeing the, the team around him. And then, of course, you got Westbrook, who's known to be ball dominant, and he, thir- he flourishes with the ball in his hand. It's tough to adapt and play with someone like that. Uh, especially if you're not used to it, and that's no, that's not nothing against Russell Westbrook. That's that's just how it is, you know. When you play, hell, Steph Curry is ball dominant, but of course, you learn how to play with him. Uh, Damian Lillard's ball dominant. LeBron James, even though he's he's good with passing, the he, the ball needs to be in his hand for him to th- flourish. So that's not a knock on Westbrook. That's just saying it's it's when it's tough to play with someone like that, and. Let me say this. It's tough to learn how to play with someone like that. But once you do, hell, Washington's clicking on all cylinders right now, even though we know, you know, Bradley Bill is kind of out with an injury right now. They're clicking on all cylinders, which is which is the right time to do it. So but yeah, man, congratulations to Russell Westbrook becoming the all time leader in triple doubles with one hundred and eighty two. And 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 the beautiful thing about this is. I, I think he's, I mean, the record's broken, of course, but he's, I think he's going to shatter this record. I think he can get up to two, 200, 250 maybe by the end of his career because, again, the motor is still there. Yeah, he's st- he's not in his prime Westbrook. He's not about to dis- just destroy the rim like he like he is no, what he, he was known to do in OKC. But, you know, he, he's, even though his decision-making isn't always there, especially in late-game situations, he's still a smart player. He still knows angles. He still knows how to how to box out bigger people and get the rebounds. So I think that this record is going to be shattered, and I'll be one of those people. I know all records are meant to be broken, but I don't know how quick this record is going to be broken, seeing as though how this is something that has been standing for 47 years before Russell Westbrook came in. And... I, hell, you got people like LeBron, you got people like KD, you got people like Nikola Jokic, you got people like, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Luka Doncic. All these players are able to to get a triple-double any given night. And and may, who knows, one of these players maybe will be able to average a triple-double for a season. But the way the game's going, the way that it's played, I don't know if we... Ever see someone average a triple double four out of five seasons? Not to mention, I don't think that we'll ever see someone like Russell Westbrook again. And I've said this time and time again. You can, you know, Russell Westbrook is not the greatest player ever. He is not. Trust and believe he's not. He's not the greatest point guard ever, but he is one of the most unique players we've ever seen. And we will never get another Russell Westbrook. So, congratulations to Russ for winning, you know for for uh being the triple double king pretty much and averaging the most triple or gain, getting the most triple doubles in NBA history with 182. I think this would be his legacy. Um I think that you know when we talk about Steph, you know, a lot of people a lot of people don't talk about the two MVPs, one of them being unanimous. A lot of people don't talk about the three champion championships. Steph's legacy will will be he will go down as the greatest shooter ever to ever ever 
ever. <laughs> and and he will break unless something see something foreseen like a foreseen injury or something. Uh, he will break the three point record that Ray Allen holds right now. But that's that's Steph's legacy. He will go down as the greatest shooter ever. Uh, KD's legacy. They're not going to talk about the two championships. They're not going to talk about. Uh, I don't think they'll talk about when, when this is all said and done. You know, Golden State years stuff. We're going to talk about KD was probably one of the greatest scores ever. That's his legacy. LeBron James, his legacy. We're not going to talk about the what the four rings or the four Finals MVPs. LeBron, when we talk about LeBron, he will arguably be one of the best players, if not the greatest player ever. That's his legacy. When we talk about Russell Westbrook, we're not going to talk about, you know, the not winning a a championship. We're not going to talk about what happened in OKC. We're not going to talk about what happened in Houston. Honestly, probably not even going to talk about what happened in in Washington. Legacy-wise, Russell Westbrook's legacy is he is the triple-double king. He's the greatest player to, let me say this, he's the best player to ever, like, he's the best player to get a triple-double because he he does does it so effortlessly. So, and I'm not going to say effortlessly because if it was effortlessly and if it was easy, everyone would do it. So, but that, but the triple-doubles will be Russell Westbrook's legacy because the last person in hell, because that, that was Oscar Robinson's legacy. Hell, no one talks about the championship Oscar Robinson won. It's always, oh, the, the, the dude, the triple-double guy, Oscar Robinson. That will now be Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has overtaken that that uh, status. And no, I don't think that Russell Westbrook will win a championship. I don't think. Um, but I don't think, I, me personally, I don't think that should be that should be pretty much, you know, held over his head and stuff like that. I mean, not everyone wins a championship, so. <laughs> not everyone wins a championship, so. <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Congratulations to Russ, though. Congratulations to Russell Westbrook for winning the, or holding the triple-double record at 182. So, Congratulations to you, and, and this is definitely your flowers. But with Russell Westbrook uh, getting another triple-double and Washington in the 10th spot, I believe, in the East, we are now going to, you know, the playing games happen. I think there's about maybe four or five more games left before the playoffs or the playing game happen. And I, what I wanted to do was I wanted to do the five most intriguing matchups in the in the in the play-in tournament of course some of these teams that i'm going to say aren't in the playing tournament yet but if they lose all their games and i don't know lakers win or something or or if they, if if washington wins all their games and and toronto lose you know there's still there's these teams all these teams can still make the playing tournament so i'm going to do my five most intriguing and matchups in the playing tournament and i'm gonna go number five number five i'm gonna go miami and boston miami is coming you know last year they made it to the nba finals of course with the bubble and when we look at the east of course you have like the top top tier you have brooklyn you have uh philly and you have milwaukee but in the playing tournament even though i i think that this has been a down year for boston Boston and, and Miami is an interesting matchup. You got Jason Tatum. Now, first and foremost, 
Jalen Brown being out for the rest of the season with a with a uh, ligament in his wrist. I, first, I hope he has a speedy recovery, um, and that definitely hurts. Like that really hurts uh, Boston because he's pretty. He's been their second best player. In some nights, he's been their first best player. But this is an interesting matchup, man. You got Jimmy Butler against Jason Tatum. You got Kimba against Dragic, um, and of course Bam. It's this is interesting because these are two teams that had a lot to prove going into the going into uh, this year as far as the playoff. I mean, going this going into this year, <laughs> it's like Miami was going off of okay. A lot of people thought that my it was kind of fluke that Miami made it to the to the championship last year, and if they could do it again. Not to mention how important really is Jimmy Butler? As we know, Jimmy Butler is really good, and you know he was good for. Uh, Chicago, he was good for the Timberwolves, but how good can he be that superstar? We look at Jimmy Butler, and a lot of people argue, is he a superstar or not? I would be on the side of saying he is because of the impact that he has on a team, but that still was in question. We all know that Jimmy Butler is a good player. We all know his motor is, is pretty high, but is he that superstar? And I think he had that to 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 prove not to mention bam did bam, bam had a lot to prove is bam that next star that we you know in the in the next tier star i think he just got an extension uh max extension it's like they had a lot to prove hell boston had a lot to prove you know Tayson tatum one of the better young players in the league you know when is he gonna make his move uh, up oh, dang, up in the ranks or you know uh kimball walker it's this is an intriguing matchup because both these teams won. I like to think that both these teams underachieved this year because with the roster, I think Miami should have been better. I definitely think Boston should have been better. But both teams got hit hard with COVID or, or injuries. Like Miami got hit hard with COVID. Uh, Jimmy Butler missed a couple games. And, of course, Boston got hit with, with injury. Kimball Walker was injured. Of course, Jalen Brown. This is just an intriguing matchup to me. Uh, I, I don't think that – Either of these teams can make it to the championship, but I it is it will be interesting to see these two teams if they play. It, it'll be interesting to see how they match up with each other and who wins. So number five, I have Miami and Boston. Number four, I have L.A. and Portland. Now, of course, Portland is not in the in the playing game right now, but if they lose the rest of their games, which they so they could do, they could drop to the playing. This is big because. I want to see LeBron against Dame. Do I think that both teams do I think that both teams are evenly matched? No, because you have LeBron and AD and then you have Dame and what CJ or or yeah, pretty much CJ. And I don't think that one Portland doesn't play enough defense to stop LeBron or now I know you have Robert Covington that you're going to throw at LeBron, but Portland doesn't play enough defense to stop the Lakers, but you do want to see stars match up. That's, you know, that's that's kind of the calling. That's that's one thing that we're, we will have in the playing game. You know, you have Miami with with Bam and, and Jimmy Butler. You have Boston with J, uh, Jason Tatum and Kimba. Uh, John Morant's going to be in there with with Memphis. DeMar DeRozan's going to be in there with the Spurs. Maybe you have um, the Hornets and, and LaMelo Ball. You know, they definitely want LaMelo Ball in there. So. You're definitely going to get the stars, and I definitely want to see stars play. And we know how 
da- well, Damian Lillard just goes crazy every time he plays LeBron or plays uh, the Lakers. I'm not saying that they always win, but that's something that I would like to see. I think, I think that it would be kind of a you know I, I don't think Portland can match up, especially if the the Lakers are completely healthy. Now, of course, we have to. LeBron James comes back to or he came back yesterday, I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but you know, I, 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 number four, I'm going to do Lakers in Portland. I think that would be a fun matchup. You have two teams, one that of course, isn't really led by, I, it's an offense, you know, running gun team in Portland against uh, LeBron, you know, a smart, savvy, uh, defensive team in the Lakers. So I would love to see that. Number three, I would love to see number three. I'm going to say Washington and Boston. Because of the Bradley Bill, you have Bradley Bill, Russell Westbrook against Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker. Uh, while Kimball Walker is to me the the last in that in that uh, for the, the matchups. Of course, we know that the St. Louis ties that Jason Tatum and and Bradley Bill have, but to me, you have at least two of the better scores. I mean, hell, Bradley Bill is second in scoring right now in the, in the, in the league going against uh, Jason Tatum, who has a 60-point game this year and a, and a couple 50s. So this, you know, this, this to me would be a score. Uh, I think it would be an evenly matched game. Now, again, before the season, I don't think it would be even because we would think that Boston should be a little higher than they are. But I, this is definitely something that I want. I want to see Bradley Bill go up against uh, Jason Tatum. I think that – those are two of the better stars that the East has. And, of course, you're going against the second leading scorer in the league against a player in Jason Tatum that can, like I said, go off for 50, go off for 60, because he's done it this year multiple times. So, not to mention, you have the triple-double king in Russell Westbrook against Kimball Walker, who can give you 30, 40 uh, any, any given time. Now, I think that Jalen Brown not being there definitely dampers it a little bit, but... It's still a, a matchup that I would like to see. So that's why I have that at number three. Not to mention, hell, I'm a Washington fan. It, you know, it's it's hard being a Washington fan, but I'm a Washington fan. And I would like to see my Wizards do something. So that's – and they're, they're at the temp spot right now. So that's, that's what I want to see. Number two, I have Golden State against Portland. And this is solely Steph against Dame. To me, these are the two best score, uh, shooting point guards in the league – we know what happens when they play against each other. They both, you know, they're both their games go up another notch. Uh, as we know, Steph Curry had what sixty-two on them uh, on Portland, but then no, Damian Lillard goes off against Steph. It's, it's to to me the matchup is Steph Curry against Damian Lillard, and I think that's. I mean, Steph Curry's box office. Uh, he's probably one of the most exciting players to watch in the league, especially this year, and. That's something that the world would want to see. The world would want to see the two of the arguably best point guards in the league go up against each other. And I think that I think that that would definitely be fun for that matchup. Uh, and, and again, we know what they do. We we know they both raise their game to another level when they when they both play each other. Because the argument is who's the best point guard, and a lot of people say Steph. A lot of people say Dame, so and they hear that, of course. So when when you hear that, it's like, all right, we we, we about to turn this up. So that's why I have that number two, uh, which is Golden State and Portland. And number one, that should be easy. That's the biggest box office, in my opinion. 
That's the Lakers against Golden State. You have LeBron, AD, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. Of course, if he was healthy, you'd have Klay Thompson there. This, this is the one you have. You have, you know, the the organization that's won what three or been to the cha- championship uh, five out of the last six years. You have the reigning champs. You have the best player in the world, LeBron. You have the greatest scorer or greatest shooter in the world, Steph Curry. You have Anthony Davis, who can give you anything. You got Draymond Green, who's who's one of the smarter players in the league. This is the box office, man. This is the one that probably will happen. This is the one that everybody wants to see. This is the one that will get the people going. You have Lakers fans against Golden State fans. You have the city, the, the state of California playing against each other. This is this is the matchup. Uh, now, and this is no disrespect. I said to Memphis, to, to the Spurs, um, you know, Hornets, because everyone wants to see LaMelo. But that's number one, in my opinion, is, are the Lakers and Golden State. And I think that's number one in a lot of people's opinions because that's all I've seen when we talk about uh, – when we talk about promotion and stuff, that's all I've seen is um, Golden State against against the Lakers. No, nothing about the East, nothing about any other West team. It's just that. So that's definitely something that I think that's the most intriguing, intriguing one. So let's move forward. You know, we're still in the realm of basketball, and the WNBA starts on Friday. And – with the W, you know, I want what I wanted to do is I wanted to rank my top ten teams going into the season. This this season has a lot of intrigue to it, man. You have, I mean, this is of course the season after coronavirus. Well, let me say it's still there. It's still there. Go get vaccinated if you haven't. Um, but this is the season after the bubble. Uh, of course, you have young players after the draft that we always want to see how they do. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's this this is an exciting time. The WNBA, you know, they got the new jerseys. Uh, they got the new logo. This this players that opted out last year should be coming back. This is exciting time for for women's basketball. And what I want to do, like I said, was I'm going to rank my top ten teams going into the season because the season starts on Friday. And I'll go with number five. I have the New York Liberty. Uh. Now, first, before I keep going, um, shouts out to Asia Dur, uh, Duren, Duren, Asia Duren, yeah. Um, of course, she's the young player. I think she was drafted like second to the to the New York Liberty, and I think to this day she's still dealing with. She had COVID, and she's still dealing with um, uh, symptoms. Man, it's we you know we never know how covid hits hits people and she got hit hard and she's still getting hit so i definitely want to say shout out to her and i hope that she has a speedy recovery and i hope that she's able to get back to the game of basketball because i think they were she was saying she doesn't know she'll ever be able to get back which it sucks because she's one of the better young players and she definitely had a promising career in the WNBA and overseas whatever she wanted to do so I definitely hope for her speedy recovery, Asia Durr, uh, you know, she's she's, def- she's definitely one of those, she was definitely one of those players that was next up. So I hope the best for her. But like I said, the New York Liberty, I'm going to put at number 10 because, you know, you, you they just acquired Natasha Howard. And we know wherever Natasha Howard goes, she pretty much brings winning. She was with Seattle. They won. And 
of course, you have Sabrina Descu. Now, her season ended last year due to injury. But I, I think that, you know, I, I think they have the talent and they have the, 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 the resources to win. Do I think that they could win? I don't know. Now, they did lose Kia Nurse and, and, Walt, and Walker. But, you know, and I think losing, uh, uh, what, Willa Willa Beggy to to um to an ACL I think that's that's definitely gonna hurt. But you have Natasha Howard and you have Sabrina Descu. I think that I think that that kind of puts you over. A t- no, what am I saying? You have you have what am I saying? <laughs> you have Natasha Howard, and I think that that's that's definitely that can definitely win you some games as well as Sabrina. So that's why I have the number ten. Number nine, I have the Atlanta Dream. Now, I have them at number nine be- and because, I mean, I, I want to see how they how they adjust to losing Nikki Collin, who was the coach. She was, what, 2018 Coach of the Year. And, and Atlanta Dream is a, is a young team. And, of course, with younger teams, you know, you want to – where does the leadership come from? And And – Losing a coach that good, you want to see how they bounce back. Now, of course, you have uh, Shade Carter. She's, I mean, she's one of the best. She had what she she averaged like seventeen points last year. Um, I this 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 is a young team, a young team, but this team is really good. And again, I don't know if they are ready or or able to win it. I don't know if they're that good yet. But I do think that um, uh, I, I think that they're good enough to actually make some noise uh, and maybe even make it to the playoff. I mean, you have Benchene Laney, uh, Laney. I mean, you have it's it's you have Elizabeth Elizabeth Williams. They they have good players. It's just I want to see where the leadership comes from. Can Carter be the leader? Can Can Laney be the leader? I don't know, but definitely want to see. And I definitely have. The Atlanta Dream at number nine. At number eight, I have the Connecticut Sun. And honestly, I have the Connecticut Sun because even though they lose uh Elisa Thompson to Achilles, I do you still have Dewana Bonnie, you still have uh Jaquel Jones, who can arguably top ten players in the league, and it's still a running gun team. That can't I mean Jaquel I was remember I don't know all right. So when the Connecticut Sun was playing the Washington Mystics in the WNBA Finals, and I think in 2019, I was saying that Jaquil Jones kind of reminds me of a bigger KD. Now, no, she can't put the ball on the ground. She's not bing binging somebody, but she can. She was hitting fadeaway threes. She was hitting fadeaway jump shots, and of course, a lot of people forget about that because she opted out last year. Do you know opted out the bubble and everything? But getting Dewana Bonner back, or getting uh, Jaquil Jones back alongside Dewana Bonner, I think that while I don't think that they can win it all, I do think that those are two top ten players in the league. So. I have Connecticut Sun at number eight. At number seven, <clears throat> whoa, at number seven, I have Minnesota Lynx. Um, Minnesota Lynx, I mean, you Sylvia, you get Sylvia Fowles back. Uh, of course, you have the, what, you have two Rookie of the Years in 
Nafisa Caller, and Crystal Danger Dangerfield. Um, of course, you add Caleb McBride. You have Area Powers that used to play for the Washington Mystics, and you have Natalie Achuan. Like this team, this team is good enough, honestly. Of course, we need to see what happens when you when you bring back Sylvia Fowles, who didn't play. I, I think she opted out last year. Um, that's a big piece. She, I mean, she is a centerpiece of a team. So, you know, you have that. You you have all these players. We'll see. We'll see. And of course, you have Bridget uh, Carlton. This, I, I this team, honestly, I, I think that this could be a sleeper team. The Minnesota. Minnesota, even though I have them at number seven, this could be a sleeper team because you again you have two rookie of the years, and you have Sylvia Fowles, you have all those players. Getting Caleb McBride was huge as well as well as Ariel Powers. Though that was huge, and I and I, I want to see how they how they're able to integrate all those new players with um Sylvia Fowles. So that's why I have Minnesota Lynx at number seven. Number six, I have um. L.A. Sparks. Now the L.A. Sparks kind of dealt with uh, dealt with some craziness over the offseason. I mean, with with Gabby Williams, who the team announced that she was suspended for the whole year, and then they traded her to the uh, Chicago Sky. And Gabby Williams is a really good young player, um, but I don't I don't know how that's gonna go. Not to mention you lose Candace Parker, who was you know a staple for the team. But I mean, you still have, um, you know, you still have the Nabumake sisters. Um, and not only, not think about, it, not only do you lose Candace Parker, you lose Chelsea Gray and uh, Carol Williams. That, but you still have Neka Bumake. You still have Janae Bumake, um, Tia Cooper. Like you, you, you know. You have some good players. I do. I and you get Chrissy Tulliver, who used to play for Washington. She's she's there. Um, Amanda Zui. Uh, you have some players. I just don't know. I think that you're gonna go as far as Neka Abumake, where she takes you. Um, outside of her and Shanae, it's pretty much and Chrissy Tulliver. It's pretty much a younger team, but. Again, you're going to go as far as Nabumake, who is a top five, top ten player in the league. You're going to go as far as she takes you. So that's why I have uh, L.A. Sparks at number six. Not to mention losing losing Gabby uh, Williams, losing Candace Parker, losing, che- uh, losing Chelsea Gray. That that definitely was huge. And, and see how far they can take it. So. At number five, I have the Phoenix Mercury. It's really Diana Taurasi, um, Skylar Diggins, and Brittany Griner. The, I mean, that's that's pretty much that's pretty. However, however far they take you, however far you're going, you you know you have one of the best big men. You have one of the um, you have one of the best uh, guards in the league in Skylar, and of course Diana Taurasi, who is a staple for the WNBA. You're, however far they take you, however far you're going. Not to mention, you add Kia Nurse, who was a great young player for the Liberty, uh, and and you add Megan Walker. Like it, it's. I, I think that this team, this team on paper, of course, is definitely good enough to to win it. It's just will they put it together, and are the others? You know, we talk about 
we talk about star players and you need good others, I guess, to, to, to win. So are the others, will Kia, will Kia Nurse and Megan Walker be able to integrate themselves? Um, a game that, you know, Skylar Diggins and Diana Taurasi is, isn't doing well. Can Brittany Griner pick up the pieces? If, if Brittany Griner and, and Diana is not doing well, can Skylar, like, it's just, they need to play with each other and, and a little bit more to see how they can grow. And because, again, on paper, Phoenix has three top 15 players in the league. And so we'll, we'll see how it goes. And that's why I have the number five. Number four, I have the Chicago Sky. The Chicago Sky getting, um, getting Candace Parker to me was huge. Uh, they, I, not to, now. Candace Parker is not, of course, in her prime. We 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 know this, um, but you 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 pairing her with the Diamond DeShields, you pairing her with the Aja Stevens. Um, a lot of people think think that Candace Parker could be the piece to put Chicago the Chicago Sky over the top. Um, I, you know, I of course what's going to happen with uh, Courtney Vanderslot and and Ali uh, Cornley. It's you know, it's I I just a lot of people think, you know, Diamond DeShield, she's one of the better young players. I think she averaged like 16 points last year. It's just, I, I think that I think that they're good enough. I don't know. I, let me say that. I have them at number four because they're, they're still a really good team without Candace Parker. It's just a lot of people are wondering, is Candace Parker that missing piece? Now, no, Candace Parker's not in her prime anymore, but she still will go down as one of the greatest women's basketball players ever. And she still has a lot less in the tank, uh, even with her departure from the the Sparks. So, I I, I think we I want to wait and see is she that missing piece? I don't know if they're good enough to win a championship, but a lot of people are thinking that she could be that missing piece to get them over the top to a championship. So that's why I have the Chicago Sky at number four. Number three, I have the Washington Mystics. Now a lot of people forget about the Washington Mystics because of, of, of what happened last year. And we the Mystics dealt with a lot of injuries and a lot of opt-outs. But this year, you know, we get Elena Deladon, who's arguably top three, top two player in the league. We get uh, Tina Charles. A lot of people forget how good Tina Charles is because she's dealt with injuries over the years. But we get Tina Charles back. Um, of course, we got to know what's going to happen with Emma Mieseman and 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 – Losing losing powers definitely hurts. Uh, it's I, no, but 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 we have Maisha uh, Haynes Allen. She she had a really good year. She had a seventeen points last year, and you know her her being alongside a Tina Charles and a and a and a Elena Deladon. You know we we definitely hell we we have we to me we have two top ten players. And one of the players is Elena Deladon, who is arguably top three player in the league, top two. So I, I think that I think we will definitely, you know, a lot of people forget how good Tina Charles is. And a lot of people forget how good Washington can be. Um, and when you pair Elena Deladon, who doesn't really need to dominate the ball, as well as Tina Charles, who don't need to dominate the ball, that that to me could be a uh, an NBA <laughs> 
that could be at least a deep run in the playoffs, seeing as though you have those two great players and you have a lot of good young players around them. So I have Washington Mystics number two. I mean, number three. Number two, I have the LA. Uh, the LA. I have Las Vegas Aces. They they lost they lost in the in the WNBA championship last year, but you know you're getting back Liz Cambage, you're getting back Kelsey Plum. Um, of course, you have Aja Wilson, who was the WNBA WNBA um, woman of the year. Well, woman of the year, she was the MVP of the WNBA. I, I think that now getting. Angel McCultry, I think, out for the season with a with an ACL and a scrimmage, man, that that definitely sucks. But you have um, uh, a perennial six man of the year and Dakira Hamby. It's like this team is stacked. This team, there's only one reason why I don't have the number one is that's because they didn't win it last year. But they were they were hella cl- well. They lost in the WNBA Finals, but you're bringing back key key pieces you're bringing back like i said liz cambage a lot of people think she could be one of the best um centers in the league kelsey plum is a really good young star of course Dorica uh hamby who is a reigning you know she's a six man of the year multiple time winner alongside the, the wnba mvp in asia wilson now again losing losing uh mccultry was big and i hope that she's able to to bounce back especially at, at the age she's at in, the, in her career. But, you know, I, I think they, this team is good enough to be on paper to be the best team. It's just I, we have to wait and see. And the only reason why I have the Seattle Storm at number one is because, one, they won last year. Two, you have, in our, my opinion, the best player in WNBA, and that's Brianna oh no, Sabrina. That's uh, Brianna Stewart. And you have Sue Bird. You you now you did lose Natasha Howard, but you still like I said you you, you and Natasha Howard was the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, but you still have the best player in the league, which is um, Brianna Stewart. I mean, and you still have Jewel Lloyd. You still have uh, Jordan Canada. Yeah, I I think I. I would have to see them get dethroned. And, of course, you still have Sue Bird, even though she's older in years. You know, you, you still have that. You have Candace Dupree. You have uh, Mercedes Russell. Um, she'll miss the start of the season, but she will come back before the playoffs. Um, and you have uh, Ezzy McBegger. Like, you, you, I, the, on paper, of course, this team is not better than the Aces, but you have the best player. You have the LeBron James. You have – the best player in the league, in my opinion, and, and Brianna Stewart. And that's why I have the Seattle Storm at number one. So, again, I have New York Liberty at number 10, Atlanta Dream at number nine, Connecticut Sun at number eight, Minnesota Lynx at number seven, uh, LA Sparks at number six, Phoenix Mercury at number five, Chicago Sky at number four, Washington Mystics at number three, Las Vegas Aces at number two, and Seattle Storm at number one. Let me know who you guys have as a, you know, your top five, top ten going into the WNBA season. Of course, this is, this like I said, this is a very interesting WNBA season. A lot of the players that opted out last year will be coming back, so they got to get integrated back into the team. And a lot of people forget, there was a lot of really good players that opted out. Like, 
really good players, either, either due to medical reasons or they just didn't want to play in the bubble, especially when we talk about teams like the Mystics or like um, Phoenix or or like the Connecticut Sun. Like So th- there was a lot of players that opt out, a lot of really good players, not to mention you have Dallas Wings who had three of the top, what, three of the top five picks and see how those those rookies do. They they could have been top 10 in my opinion. They could have been at the 10 spot, but I do like the veteranship of Natasha Howard and Sabrina Nadescu and that's kind of why I put them over the 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 wings. However, again, the wings have three of the top 5 uh picks in the WNBA or in the uh last WNBA draft. So this is an interesting season, and I, I'm interested to see how they do, and I'm interested to see who will reign supreme and, and, and rise up to the top. Because there's always one team that you don't expect to be that good, and they turn out to be wow, like they were they were really good. And you know, there's there's also there's always a team that will shock you. I don't know if the winner will shock you, but there's always a team that will shock you that either is better than they're supposed to be or worse than they're supposed to be. So. We'll see how it goes, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to sit for the season. So let's move forward. Ooh. <laughs> let's move over to baseball, man. So a lot of people are hitting the panic button for the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers have what lost five straight series. Um, and this team on paper is this team on paper is the best team. Um, in the in the in the MLB, and honestly, they're they're one of the on paper they're one of the best teams ever assembled. And a lot of people are saying, you know, what's going on with what five weeks into the season? What's going on? I will say this: there are some things that concern me about the the Dodgers. I think that you should we should calm down and relax a little bit. It's still early in the season. We all know how long the 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 baseball season is, and 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 anything can change. It's still early, but. There are things that concern me about um, um, the the Dodgers. One, their bullpen is god awful. Now, their bullpen is god awful due to you know some of the players just haven't stepped up. But they also, I mean, they Cody they've hit with injury hard, man. Cody Bellinger's out. Zach uh, McKinstry is out. Edwin Ru- Ruiz, Ruiz is out. Corey Kimbell is out. Uh, Bruster Gatrol's out and David Price is out with injury. Like that's those those are key pieces, especially Cody Bellinger. And a lot of those pieces are part of their bullpen. Now the people that they have, their bullpen has not stepped up. Um, of course, while the stars have been all right, the 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 bullpen has lost them games. Like they were up big against the Angels. And they lost that lead and lost the game ultimately because of the play of their bullpen. Now, I will say this. You have to look at some of the stars. Uh, Trevor Brower, he hasn't been good. He said he's, he came out and said he's frustrated. He ain't been good, really. Um, and, of course, Dustin May going out with Tommy John surgery. That's, that's a big – this team has just got hit hard with injury. Hard with injury. And, of course, while some of these players may come back, may not – I think we have to wait and see, but I I will say that it is cause for concern how bad their bullpen has been and how inconsistent their pitching has been, especially with Kershaw, especially with uh, Trevor Brower. Like their their pitching has been really inconsistent, and if that continues, I, I will say this: if they lose 
because I mean the Padres are are doing extremely well. The Angels are doing better than I thought they would be doing. Um, the the Yankees kind of got got their act together. It looks like. Um, of course the Reds and stuff like that. It's let me say this: if they do not get this stuff situated, like if their bullpen is still as bad as it is come playoff time, they can definitely lose. They they can definitely. <laughs> They will definitely lose, even with this all-star roster compiled. They can definitely lose. Um, if Cody Bellinger comes back and he's not, he's not the old Cody Bellinger that we know. Um, losing Dustin May can can definitely hurt. David Price, like, and if Trevor Bauer doesn't improve, if if they play like they're playing now, come postseason, yeah, they're gonna lose. There's there's no way in heaven or hell. They can win, even with the big names, even with Mookie, even with um, some of the big names that they have. They they are going to lose because <laughs> this this team just it, again. I know it's early in in, in calm down and, and and wait and see, but this team it the bullpen needs to be better. Their bullpen needs to be better because their bullpen is the main reason why they're losing huge leads like they're losing. So we will just have to wait and see. Uh, and and I I do think that. We should hold off on the panic button, but I do think that we should like, we should have a little close. Like the panic button should be like right here. So, and it's just like, let's not press it yet. Because again, it's still early in the season. I think we're five weeks in, in the, the season. It's just, it's been, it's been a pretty bumpy five weeks. Cause I don't know if you remember in the beginning of the season, they were unstoppable. Like they would go into games already up. That's how good they were. They, they they were getting home runs. They were getting runs out. The, like, they were incredible. And then injuries started to hit them hard. Their bullpen started to hit them hard. So, I just – I think we should wait to see. We should wait to see, you know, if this is just the lulls of the season or if, if their bullpen really is – if their bullpen doesn't improve and some of their pitching doesn't improve, they will most definitely – not win the World Series. So we'll have to see. Moving forward. Uh Canelo Alvarez, we'll move over to boxing. Canelo Alvarez beat Billy Joe Saunders and TK via TKO in the eighth round on Saturday. And this is just an appreciation for Canelo Alvarez. You know, we talk about some of the best boxers. We always talk about Floyd. Um, we talk about Tyson Fury. We talk about Anthony Joshua. We talk about Dante Wilder. And we talk about historical ranks. We talk about Mike uh, Muhammad. You know, we talk about some of those fighters. And Quaz is kept, even though you know he's he's fifty six and one and two. A lot of Canelo Alvarez doesn't get talked about a lot. He's one of the better boxers in history of of boxing, which he is. Now I understand that one was against Floyd, and but I mean we, Floyd's the, arguably one of the greatest to ever do it. But so was Canelo Alvarez, you know what I mean? Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, he, I mean, he unified the titles uh, in the middleweight in the middleweight division, and whoever you put him up against, he he pretty much beats. So again, he's fifty six, one and two, and and those two draws, at least one of them was iffy. Like, oh, what? <laughs> but I, I do want to congratulate Canelo Alvarez, and and and. I don't know if you saw the hit, but he hit Billy Joe Saunders, and that's ah. And a lot of people were saying Billy Joe quit, um, even though the X-ray came out and, and it showed that Canelo 
like broke his eye, eye lobe the bone or whatever like that. Like that, you gotta, you see, let's, I'm gonna go on a little rant here. <laughs> this is why I don't, I don't do no fighting as far as I'm not in no octagon. I don't put on the gloves. This is why I don't do fighting. This is why I, and I'm not saying I don't be shooting nobody, but I don't, I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Bruh, I see these people got gloves on and still broke this man's over the bone to a point where they're fearing if Billy Joe Saunders can ever fight again because Canelo Alvarez hit this man in his eye so hard that they're saying they don't know if 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 it's if it's if they'll be able to repair this man's over the bone. Like a man or a woman to have the ability to do that to somebody with a punch. Like it's just fascinating to me. And 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 I fascinating to a point where I'm not going to even attempt to try that. Like that's crazy to me. Like I, Amanda Nunes will destroy me. Like Ronda Rousey will destroy me. Like I any UFC fighter, any boxer will beat the brakes off me. That's just not, that's, uh, that's, I'm not in that realm. All right. That's just not me. That's just not me. But con again, congratulations to Canelo Alvarez, um, for unifying the title, the middleweight titles. Um, a lot of people were saying that because he went to what, uh, because he hasn't, no, let me say this. Canelo Alvarez has fought most of the people that anybody that they put him. I mean, he he's had fifty six fights and only lost once. So, I mean, he's had he's fifty six one and two. So, Canelo Alvarez has to be when we talk about some of the greatest boxers of all time. Canelo Alvarez has to be up there, especially for the middleweight division, for what he's done. You know, the path that he's paved, uh, the fights that he's he's fought and won. He definitely has to be up there when we talk about um, some of the greatest boxers ever. So, shouts out to Canelo Alvarez for unifying unifying the middleweight titles. So, Ooh, and before we go, in fact, our last topic we'll be talking about. So, Tim Tebow will sign a one-year deal with the Jags to be the tight end. Uh, you know what this is? This is a reminder. This is... What the, what the what my what um Urban Myers and the Jags did with T Tim Tebow is what everyone does, as far as work trying to get your man's on, trying to put your man's on that needs a job. Like if I'm at a company and I know my man needs a job, it's like hey, I know I know Kimberly just left. I'm just trying to get my man's in. He's a good worker. He's a good worker. And you'd be like, are you sure he's a good worker? And I'm like. Yeah, boss, he he a good worker, and then you slide the man's in. That's what Urban Myers did with 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 Tim Tebow. I, now they they want to dress it up as he's going to play tight end, which he's never played tight end, first of all, and he he he'll be a good mentor to uh, Trevor Lawrence. Which, by the way, I don't understand because Trevor Lawrence is is a quarterback. And he's going to be playing tight end, even though Tim Tebow did play quarterback, but he didn't play quarterback good. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> now, a lot of people want to say, uh, you know, Tim Tebow, how does he get a shot? And Colin Kaepernick doesn't. I mean, we've gone over this several times. We I don't think that Colin Kaepernick will ever play in the league again. I don't think it's fair that he wouldn't play in the league again. I, and I do think that it's, it's crazy how uh, they pretty much exiled Colin Kaepernick from the league. Um, so I think that's crazy. However, 
it just it just doesn't make sense as far as why you would add Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, if you want to talk about, you know, he'll be able to mentor uh, Colin or Tim, what's his name, Trevor Lawrence. I don't understand why you wouldn't go with the Colin Kaepernick because Trevor Lawrence plays more like Colin Kaepernick than he does Tim Tebow. Hell, Tim Tebow was not a good quarterback. Like I don't understand. Like I again, I understand because I under I see what Urban Myers did. Urban Myers was like, hey. My man needs a job. I got you. Hell, I'm the one that makes the decision, anyways. I got you. I know. I know you're not a good quarterback. You you weren't. You were not a good. You're not a good. You weren't a good quarterback since Phil Florida days, which you brought me my success, a lot of my success. And I know you need a job, bro, because I, I I saw that Mets thing didn't work out. The Mets, the, the baseball didn't work out. You you were you were kind of like Jordan when it was when it was in baseball. Here, come, come here. I, I'll, I'll dress it up and say you can play tight end. I don't know if you can even play tight end because you never played it, but but I got you. So what Urban Myers did was he put his mans on. So that's all that happened, man. And do I think it's a good move? I, no, but he put his mans on. I don't, I don't think I don't understand how it's crazy. The only thing I don't like is people like Tim Tebow and people like you know. Uh, Kristen Ponder continuously get jobs uh, and they're not good yet and still other people like Colin Kaepernick and and other quarterbacks like that can't so that's the only thing that I'm not I'm not rocking with but it is what it is man I, I don't I can't even I don't I don't know what Tim Tebow is going to do because he's never played tight end so I don't I don't know how the hell he helps the organization outside of Urban Myers putting his mans on. That's all that he we're seeing. So, but there you have it, man. That has been this or today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Uh, if you don't do me a favor, please come to the YouTube and subscribe. It would definitely mean a lot to me. Again, I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers by my birthday, which is in July. Uh, it would definitely mean a lot. If you want an unpopular podcast shirt, if you want an unpopular podcast hoodie, um, long sleeve, a sweater, joggers, we got you. I got you. Link in the description below. Any design that you want, as far as unpopular podcast, is on the website. Just click on the item. If you don't like the item color that's displayed, click on the item, and you can change the color. That's why I got you. But again... Go get you an unpopular podcast merch, man. But I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And I appreciate you guys for continuously rocking with me and and showing me support. It definitely means a lot, man. Uh, but until next time, much love.
always on the cusp. What's that in your cup? Sipping on it. Never in a rush. Backing out the slush. Backing out the bus. Pussy big wheel. Got them motherfuckers skating home. Chill pill. Got me high, but can I lay with y'all? Last year you was my bitch, now you my baby girl. Last year you was my bitch, now you my baby girl. Chill, chill, got me high, but can I lay with y'all? Last year you 